it's encouraged me to figure out other ways to feel good about myself and to realize that I'm more than just my productivity or I'm more than just how many jobs I get offered or how many interviews I have. I'm, I'm still a worthy person and I still can have confidence in who I am uh, in other ways. And so just trying to find that and uh, cultivate some self-kindness is something that I've really been trying to work on. Um, it's really hard, uh, but I think that this feels like the most important moment. Okay, hi everybody and welcome to the podcast. This is Dr. John Duffy. I appreciate you protecting some time um, for uh, one of these episodes. Um, this one uh, is going to be interesting. We are going to talk about uh, transition and change. And I think, you know, um, it's an old adage that we all kind of like avoid change. We don't like it. Um, and yet it's like one of the only inevitables in our lives. Um, and for young adults, um, I think there's a lot of transition and change going on in their lives um, that a lot of us um, in my generation really don't understand very well. Um, because um, when we were graduating from college or graduating from high school or in our mid-20s, um, I think there are people now who have to deal with a whole different set of transitions and changes and difficulties than we ever did. And to help me kind of sort all of this out, I welcome back to the podcast, Samantha. Sam, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> um, Sam was nice enough to do a, do a podcast with me a while back where we talked about um, like mental health and mental um, illness in college and the, kind of the anxieties of a lot of college students, I think. And you you were kind enough to shed a lot of light, and um, and I love that episode. So if you haven't heard that, um, I encourage you, as soon as we're done here, to uh, click back on the episode called Cleverly Samantha. Um, and this one will likely be called Samantha 2 because we're real creative on this end. <laughs> um, so, so Sam, tell us a little bit about, so you graduated from college this year, and, um, and that's been a few months now. Uh, how are things going now? And, um, and, and what is the transition like just from, you know, being a college student to not being a college student? It's definitely very weird. Um, I think that it's only very recently that I've been able to fully realize, like, okay, it's not just another summer of being back at home and then I'll head back to college. It's only recently where school has started up again where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going back there. This is <laughs> now my life. And, like, that chapter of my life is done. Right. Uh, that is very weird. Um, and I I feel like I'm kind of in a little bit of a nebulous sort of time where I'm kind of just in between things right now. And I feel like for so long, you know, it was always like, this is what I'm doing now. This is what I'll be doing for the next four years and the next four years. You know, like I'm in high school. I'm a sophomore in high school. I have two more years of high school and then four years of college. And now that timeline is kind of over. Right. And there's not this, you know, perfect section of time where I'm Laid like, out. this is exactly what I'm doing next. Right. Nice and linear. Yeah. So uh -huh. it feels a little bit like free fall. <laughs> and um, I feel like I'm just kind of, yeah, free falling a little bit. Um T tell me about the free fall. What does that feel like? I, I, the, the reason I ask is a, a lot of us in my generation cannot relate just to what you just said. I mean, um, I don't know if your parents were in this boat, but when I graduated from college, I was an accounting major. 
Um, and we didn't even think about the idea that it might be difficult to get a job because at the time, I mean, there are more millennials than they are, there are people my age. And at the time, it was just like we got offers from every single company we you know, interviewed with, and it was simple. And so a lot of us think like, why can't my kid, my kid's 23 years old, why can't he or she like just get a job and go to work? And, you know, why didn't they get a job before they even left college? And I think those days are gone. Um, and so I, I think you're the first generation to deal with this nebulous phase. So um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is probably one of the hardest things is it feels like that is the norm and it feels like that's what I should be doing. And you know, it feels like it's my fault that that's not happening. And I think if I or even my friends are kind of in the same boat, if we try to compare ourselves to that ideal, I think it can be really disheartening because, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it feels like, oh, you know, I should have done this or figure things out and I don't have things figured out and I don't have a plan. And I don't have a job right now. And so that definitely provokes a lot of anxiety. But I also feel like, it can be really unfair because that isn't really how the job market or the world or what the culture is like right now for us. And so I think to try to fit us into that for a lot of people, it just doesn't work. And right. especially for people who maybe don't want to do something super traditional. Like, I mean, a lot of my friends who majored in business you know, had internships in school and most of them were offered jobs after college. So they knew exactly what they were going to be doing. They're working their jobs, you know, they're doing something very traditional. Um, so for them, I think it is pretty, pretty linear and very similar to what it was for my parents. That's but, a good distinction. That's true. Yeah. But for a lot of my friends, um, and I think, uh, a lot of the people that, um, were more similar to me. It's not really like that at all, <laughs> and so it's very weird. Yeah, um, I'm I'm working with a girl. Not I'm, I'm actually I can think of a girl and a guy I'm working with right now, who um, who are in uh, less traditional majors. I, that's not even what I mean. They're not business majors. Right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> so, so you actually drew the yeah. perfect distinction. It's a, you're either a business major and you're going to get a job almost certainly. Or you're not, and then you've got to figure this out, or go directly to grad school, right. or get some transition job somewhere, you know, somehow. Um, but both of them have reached this point in a very short period of time. It's only been a few months where they there's a little element of hopelessness, like I, I don't even know what I'm looking for out there, and they find themselves, uh, both of them, um, kind of lying to their friends and their parents about where they are in the process, you know, like, oh, I, I'm doing really well with this one firm. I think I'm going to get a job there. Or, you know, like, I'm going to go work in a bookstore for a couple of months or Starbucks or, you know, something like that because I feel like it. Or I'm going to go travel for a while and then figure it out. But there's this, like, hint of shame around not having not having all the answers at 22. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do you feel any of that? Oh, God, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it feels very, very shame is definitely a very good way to describe it. Uh, it definitely feels like um, it feels very personal. And especially um, if you have been kind of putting yourself out there job wise and nothing's coming back, it feels incredibly, incredibly personal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's what people always ask you. Everyone knows you've just graduated. And so right. it is like a very easy conversation topic, but it's also 
um, sometimes hard to have that be the first thing that everyone kind of asks of you. And so I definitely get that shame and that kind of wanting to play up your prospects or, you know, not fully admit that you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, yeah, the shame is definitely a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And so how, how does one navigate the shame and continue the process? Because one of the people I'm working with, I feel like she's on the cusp of like just discontinuing the process and just like, you know, I'm just going to sit at home for some period of time until I feel a little better about myself and maybe do something else. I'm just going to work out every day or, you know, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. I mean, literally, these are the things that are playing mm -hmm. around. Um, is there is there a way that you can think of to like work through that and still muster the energy to like go to that next interview even if you're not sure this is the right thing? I think I think it's hard and I think you I think for me um, it's important to kind of own that this isn't on me and it's not personal and mm -hmm. that this is just kind of the way that the market is trending and that. Um, and it even helps for me to explain that to like my parents or explain that to other people um, because uh, it's it's not all just on me. And, you right. know, um, you could be the most qualified person in the world and people get rejected all the time. And um, even just, you know, sending your resume out, like sending out like 20 copies of your resume or applying to 20 jobs and not hearing back from any of them. That's hard, but I think that after you've kind of been doing it for a while, you realize this is how it is, and it's it's hard, but you have to remind yourself it's not me. This is just kind of how it is, and, you know, it's a lot about connections now, and if I don't know anyone at that company or something like that, you know, it could just be that they have a really great niece that they wanted to hire, or they have a really good friend of a friend or something that kind of helps get their foot in the door, and so for me, that helped me once I kind of understood this is how it is and commiserated with other people who are going through the same thing. I was like, okay, this is how it is. It's not just that I'm totally underqualified and I can't do anything, but this is the reality of the situation. And so I can kind of keep putting myself back out there because I'm like, something's got to stick. I have to have a connection somewhere, something like that. Right, right, right. Um, the trick you're, you're pointing out is like, man, it's so hard not to take this personally. And yet you're right. Sometimes I've even heard from people, corporate people that, you know, like sometimes we have to list a job, even though kind of it's already filled internally right. or I've got, somebody's got a niece, you know, we, we have to put it out there. Right. It, 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 legally, we have to, we have to put that placement out there. So I can understand that, you know, you can put an awful lot of, you can send many, many, many resumes out and maybe not hear a word. Um, oh, absolutely. And it does feel like part of the trick is like, well, I, I got to find a way not to take this personally and make it about me. Mm -hmm. um, have, have you found a trick for that? Not, I don't know if I've, I've found a trick for it, um, but I think that it has encouraged me. And this kind of is also part of just a broader journey that I've been on, I feel like in the last like two years, maybe. Um, but of just finding other things to like tie into my confidence and my self-esteem um you know in I talked about this in the other podcast but um in college you know how I uh conceptualized myself and how I built my self-esteem was like oh well 
you know, I'm this and I have this position and I'm in charge of this and I'm involved in this and I have these grades and I have this. And it was all these very external things and these lines on my resume, basically. Yeah. And so... I mean, the first thing is that when I wasn't getting jobs, I was like, but I have all these things. And so now it's kind of encouraged me to um, figure out what makes me a good person and what I like about myself aside from those other things. And has kind of, I understand now at least a little better. I mean, it's, I'm in no means like, you know, 100% perfect where I'm mm. like, no matter what, I'm always amazing and I never doubt myself, you know. Um, but that's true. I mean, let's face it, we both know that. <laughs> but I, I feel like I, it's encouraged me to figure out other ways to feel good about myself and to realize that I'm more than just my productivity or I'm more than just how many jobs I get offered or how many interviews I have. I'm, I'm still a worthy person and I still can have confidence in who I am uh, in other ways. And so just trying to find that and uh, cultivate some self-kindness is something that I've really been trying to work on. Um, it's really hard, uh, but I think that that really helps um, for sure, for sure. This feels like the most important moment. Um, it really does because um, I, I think you've, you know, I asked if there's a trick. You said not really, and I think you're right. I don't think that's a trick. I mean, I think it's like, you know, um, to put the resume down and say, okay, that even that doesn't define me, even though I've got that set of accomplishments and I could say, well, I've done all this stuff. Why don't I get that job? Right, right. right. To say, you know, I'm a worthy person and to, to look at the qualities you like about yourself, kind of innate, inherent mm -hmm. qualities, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, and um, to, to own that um, is so critical when you're going through any transition, especially when you're being like evaluated in some way, right? I mean, so so brutal in a way, the process, especially when the likely answer it feels like is, no, we're not interested in you, right. you know? <laughs> right, you know? right. Um, and, um, and, and to maintain that level of self-worth regardless, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it, that's, a, that's mighty work to do. Do, do you have a method that you use to go about doing that? Like, I get that that's hard. Yeah. But how do you, how do you revisit that? How do you, you know, without just kind of like, without just creating like kind of a mantra that you repeat over and over again. I'm worthy. I'm awesome. I'm, you know, like, is there, is there a better way to do that? Something that sticks? I think for me, um, the biggest thing is that in particular moments, choosing how to, um, identify with them, I guess. And in particular moments that feel particularly like in moments that feel very emotional or um, I have a lot of anxiety. Like, you know, I, I didn't get this job that I really thought that I was going to get in that moment. Like, am I going to choose to really beat myself up about it? And sometimes it feels like that's what I should be doing. You know, right. I think that that sometimes feels like, Oh, well, you need to improve on something and there's a reason that you didn't get it. And mm. so you should be having these thoughts of, you know, that's being ambitious and that's being, that's someone who wants to grow as a person. Um, but kind of, and it takes a long time to kind of reframe your thinking, but choosing in that moment to say, no, that's not how I'm going to think about it. And maybe even in, in this moment right here, I'm not going to go over every single thing that I could have done better or that I did wrong, but I'm just going to, kind of say, okay, that happened. I'm going to let myself be upset about it. 
and I'm not I'm gonna just kind of let that cycle of emotions complete itself and then I'll think okay on to the next one what can I do to uh what can I take that I've learned but I think in that moment where I'm so quick to beat myself up and say, this is exactly what I should have done. And I don't think it needs to happen right away. I think you still have that insight, you know, tomorrow Mm -hmm. and you can take that day to just let yourself be like, yeah, I'm bummed that I didn't get it. I was really confident that I would. I I love that, Sam. Uh, That, that, that's brilliant. You know, I think a lot of us um, don't allow ourselves the emotional process, right. Of like the fallout of, you know, if you, don't get a job that you really want, you know, that, that hurts. And it might, and, and to, to stem that tide and say, no, don't feel that. And just work toward, you know, pushing yourself in the self-improvement part, you're, you're missing something. It's almost like you're carrying this extra weight around. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get that you want to draw some balance there between like that and appropriate kind of constructive self-criticism. Like, you right. know, mm, in that interview, I probably could have done this more. I right. probably could have talked this up more. Maybe I talked too much or whatever, you know, like, right. um, but to be able to kind of balance that out and still recognize, um, which is, which is mighty work to recognize this isn't a comment on me as a person that right. I'm a, I'm a worthwhile human right. being more than worthwhile, regardless of whether this happens. Is that an important thought to have? Not just after the interview, and maybe after the the rejection, but beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think that um, kind of going back to what you said where, you know, you feel like people are uh, sort of uh, minimizing kind of where they are in the process or mm-hmm. things like that. I feel like sometimes if I really like a job or I think it's going to go really well, I don't say anything to anyone about it or – I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to jinx it or like, you know, I'm going to get my hopes up for something. And then if I don't get it, it's going to feel so much worse if I have talked it up to everyone. And, um, I think that it's really hard because, uh, you know, like there was one job that I had where I was really excited. And after I walked out of the interview, I was like, it went so well. And I told my mom and I told my friends and I was like, it went so well. And then when I didn't get it, I was like, oh, I have to like tell them that it didn't go well and I have to be really vulnerable about the fact that I was really confident and that it didn't go well. Um, and so I feel like that's really hard too. Oh, but you have so to, hard. Yeah. I mean, my, I'm, I'm sick for you just yeah. hearing that story. Yeah. But, you, but I feel like then you're not, then what happens is before, before you have something that you're excited about or when you're excited about it, you don't share it with anyone. And that's also terrible too. Right. And so you kind of, I don't know, I think it takes a little bit of vulnerability to like care about something and be like, yeah, I really want this. Um, but I think that that is where the kind of beforehand part of it comes in where you're thinking, okay, I'm going into this job and I think that I'm really qualified for it and I really want it. And like, it's okay to want it and say that you want it and tell that to other people, yeah. even if you don't get it, you know? I, I do. You know, um, years ago, and you were pretty young. I don't know if you'll remember this. There was this book that came out called The Secret, and it was a book and a movie, and it was about, um, it was super cheesy. I hope nobody involved in this <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, but, but the idea behind it was kind of, I endorsed completely. It was about the law of attraction, and if you're not kind of clear about what you want when it's there, then, then somehow the universe conspires to make sure you don't get it. You know, whereas if you, you know, if you're vocal and overt, you know, I really, this job's there. I really want this. 
it might not be that job that comes along, but mm-hmm. you know, you're you're attracting somehow more yeah. what you want. And if your parents hear and and other people around you hear, like you know, oh, you like that job? Oh, I, I you didn't get that one, but I heard about this one that's like that. Yeah. So you should talk to this person yeah. who I know really well, and then all of a sudden the ducks yeah. fall in line, right? And it yeah. might be a better story. And silence doesn't allow for that. Right. Um, but there's an element of vulnerability, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, if I put my ass on the line, yeah. <laughs> I say, like, yeah. I want this, yeah. and I don't get it, then, then you know, everyone's looking at me with the sad sack face, yeah. like, oh, Samantha, I'm so sorry, you yeah. know, and you don't want that. Um, and, um, and yet the vulnerability is, like, kind of critical, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. in order to put yourself in that yeah. spot, and uh, a spot to win. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you in the process for yourself? Do you, do you feel like you're, like, toward the tail end? Do you feel like, ah, I'm just getting started here? And how do you conceptualize that? So I feel like, for me, personally, um, I'm kind of in an in-between state. Um, you know, when I, when I was in school last year and kind of thinking ahead to, okay, I'm a senior, what am I going to do next year? Um, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, and I thought, you know, grad school was in my future. And, um, you know, I talked about in the other podcast about uh, struggling with depression and anxiety really bad at that point in my life. And I was kind of in a time where I kind of realized I just needed to get through the next couple of weeks, you know, right. and then the next couple of weeks. And I, the idea of adding something else on my plate, another big life decision of, school and where do I want to go and what kind of program do I want was so overwhelming Mm, to me. And so I decided that I was just going to take a year and I would work, I would do whatever, I would get an internship, something, and I would take some time off before going back to school. Mm -hmm. And um, that decision I have definitely uh, gone back and forth with. Um, I think ultimately, like in the bottom of my heart, I believe it was the right thing for me. Um, but it's really hard sometimes when I see my friends who are in amazing grad programs or they have amazing jobs and they're very much on a path. It's really hard not to be envious of that and not to feel like I should have just grit my teeth and just banged out an application and gone into a program, even if I wasn't sure if it was right for me. So it's hard to not go down that path of like, oh, I should have just done it. Um, but I think ultimately I feel like I have to trust what I was feeling at that time and trust my intuition of, no, that wasn't the right decision for me. Um, and so, yeah, for the most part, um, despite some wavering, I feel like um, I feel I feel good about that. And so right now I kind of have uh, a year right. before I'm going to do that. And so I was applying to a lot of jobs um, and nothing was really panning out. And I was applying to a lot of uh, a couple of the places that I had interviews at were things that I just they weren't things that I was super interested in. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was a job, and I was like, right. okay, well, I just I need a job, and then I'll do it for a year, and then I'll quit, and then I'll do what I really want to do. And um, and How- none of those things panned out. Got it. How hard is that? You know, I'm thinking about like you know, you you, you we we're drawing this distinction, this business major or other distinction, um, and I was a business major, and um, and in a way, it it is incredibly linear. Like you know, if you're an accounting major, like I was, you go and you work for an accounting firm, right. boom, boom, boom. How do you know what direction you even want to go in? Um, you know, when you're not, when it isn't that clear or linear, there isn't some psych firm out there right, that you can go right. work for, right? Well, I, the thing is, is I thought it would be a lot easier because I was like, well, I know 
what I like to do. I like to work with people and I like to use communication and writing skills. And I went into that in interviews and they were like, well, we, that's not specific enough. And we want you to be doing this, this, and this. And we want you to have an interest in sales and this specifically and this specifically. And so I just felt like I was trying so hard to like put myself into this peg where I just didn't fit. Hmm. And I was upset when it wasn't working out. But now that it's been, you know, two months since I had that interview I'm like you know there's probably a reason that that didn't work out and um that's okay and that there's probably someone who enjoys doing that job or is driven the way that you need to be in that job and that's not for me right and so in the moment it feels hard to get that rejection but now I can look back and say you know if I had had that job I don't think I would be super happy right now right um so, yeah, so just having that sense, I think, has helped. Um, but, yeah, so at the moment, um, I'm just working as a nanny for my cousins, um, which is uh, not what I think I expected to be doing. And I think that uh, it's definitely not, you know, a typical path for someone who just graduated from, from college. Right. Um, and so I think that there's, like, a little bit of a – I don't want to say a stigma, but there's definitely ideas that people have about that. Um, but it's the first time in, you know, a couple of months where I've had something to do and something where I get up and I do it every day. And you seem and like you don't mind it. I mean, you I, seem pretty happy I've been about really, it. I've been really, really happy with it. Yeah. I've been really, really happy with it. Um, it kind of, in a lot of unexpected ways, really helps with my depression and anxiety. Um and so that's been really great. Like, uh, when I was applying to all those jobs, I'd spend like, you know, a couple hours a day applying to jobs. And then I would just be sitting around my house, like watching TV or like not really doing anything. Right. And I think that is really not good for me, um, in terms of, you know, depression that, that definitely allows me to sink back, um, quite a bit. And so now I'm up, I'm doing things, I'm active, um, in terms of like my anxiety, um, I definitely have moments where I'm really anxious. You know, if I'm um, driving downtown and we're stuck in traffic and I'm late to get the girls to school, I'm definitely super anxious. But in the past, where in that moment I could just kind of shut down and that anxiety could shut me down, I don't really have that option because I I'm in charge of them and they're looking to me. Yeah. And it's one of those situations where it kind of forces me to push through that because you have to be present for them you have to be and then i and then i'm like okay i have to take three breaths and just cool it right and i I can in a way that i've never really been able to before um so as much as it's hard to tell people oh yeah i just graduated and now i'm a nanny um i also have been able to there's been so much that i've appreciated about it Mm -hmm. um that i have to kind of remember that and just kind of hold that close to my heart and, you know, let people react however they want to react and just say, but it's really good for me. And so it's kind of, um, a different path for me than what a lot of people I know are doing. Um, but so far I'm really, really happy doing it and that's what's important. So, so somebody who's going through a transition similar to yours, would you say like, um, would that be part of your recommendation? Like, you know, don't, don't be overly selective because that'll be depressing and anxiety provoking 
do something. Is that part yeah. of it? Like, you know, engage in, if it means taking a job at a bookstore or Starbucks or something that might not meet the pedigree of your degree, yeah, right? Yeah, Abs- I mean, I would say absolutely. And that is something that a lot of people do. And um, I think that a lot of what, what keeps people from doing that is feeling a little like shame about that and mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, well, you know, I went to four years of college. I shouldn't be just doing, you know, an hourly job. But I think just having something like that in your day definitely gives you something to kind of say, no, I'm doing this. I'm at least doing something. I'm active. Um, I'm, there are things that I, there's something where I can go and like feel good about myself, you know, like, Hey, this today was really hard, but I got through it or this happened. And I, you know, there's something there where you're, and I think that is so much better than just sitting and continuing to apply for jobs. I mean, you can continue to apply for jobs while having a part-time job doing something else. And I feel like if the only thing that's stopping you from doing that is just the, how you, you know, how you perceive it. Yeah. I don't think that that, you got to try not to let that hold you back. I think that's right. You know, a while ago on this podcast, I interviewed this woman, uh, Gina Murata. She calls herself the genius guru. And her her mission is like, I'm going to help people find their genius. And then that's going to be their career effectively. Mm-hmm. But um, between here and then is always, almost always this transition job. And listening to your story, I understand it even more so. Mm-hmm. Because in a way, like I think, you know, doing the nannying thing that you're doing now um, I, and tell me if I'm wrong about this. It feels like you have a little breathing room, right? Where yes. it's like, you know, okay, I feel pretty good about what I'm doing here. And it takes the crisis out of it a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's like, if I don't find yes. anything tomorrow, I'm okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It takes that desperation out of it for mm-hmm. sure. So you always have something that you're doing. You feel like you're contributing to something and you're out in the world doing things. But I also feel like I'm just. I don't want to say getting experience, but I, you know, I'm out in the world and I'm figuring things out. And, um, I don't know. I feel like I have, I definitely know people from school who just went straight into school cause they didn't into grad school right. cause they didn't know what they wanted to do next. And I really worry about those people because I think that they're maybe doing things that they're not as passionate about as they think they are or you know, people who are going into programs that are about that involve working with kids in some capacity and have never worked with kids before in their lives. And I, I just really wonder about how that'll pan out for them. And so for me, I feel like I understand even more now um, what I want to do, even just in the last couple of months. Yep. And that has kind of given me more of a focus. So even something that's not really related to what I want to do has taught me enough about myself to be like, okay, but I like interacting with people in this way. And so that reminds me that, you know, this is the path that I need to be on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And listen, as you describe what you're doing, I hear this still, this little hint of apology in your voice that I think is unnecessary because, you know... um, I think anything you do, you're going to learn from, right? Yeah. And, you know, and you might realize working with your young cousins, like, ooh, I kind of like this yeah. or not. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and, and, and that's all grist for the mill. And I think your point is an excellent one. Like, um, 
somebody who goes directly to grad school, especially in a field where they're, they're going to be helping other people, I'm worried about those people too. Yeah. I always think like, oh, you, you want to experience something before you even know yeah. that's what you want exactly. to do, you know? It's exactly. A, that's a big commitment to make, yeah. you know? And um, yeah. and it's not for everybody. And, yeah. and sometimes you got to experience a little something to know that, you yeah. know? And I, so I think I, I think you make an excellent point. Is there is there a, um, a, a kind of a, primary piece of advice you'd lend somebody who's in a position similar to yours? This maybe sounds a little cheesy, but I think that you kind of have to trust that you are where you need to be. And um, I'm definitely, I'm not someone that believes that everything happens for a reason, but I also think that you can find, um, you can find something good about the situation and something um, fulfilling and something to take away from everything. And so, um, you know, not getting that job maybe frees up your time to have a part-time job at Starbucks. And maybe that's not the most, you know, fulfilling thing, uh, in your life, but maybe you find out something about yourself or you, that job at Starbucks gives you the time to, work on something else that right. you realize you really like about yourself or, you know, I just feel like you, you kind of have to trust the process and yes. it's really hard and that's kind of part of the free fall, but it, it changes your mind frame from I'm free falling and I'm panicking about it to I'm free falling, but I'm just going to enjoy the fact that I'm free falling, if that makes sense. It you know? does. It does. The free falls are important. It, it makes perfect sense, Sam, you know, um, uh, you're right. The transitions are important. We, we sometimes want to just speed through them. And then if we do that, we miss what the, the learning moment that's within yeah, them, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. there always is one, like in, in, in the pain of it. Yes. Um, there's always something we can learn about ourselves. And a lot of us just want to hold our breath, like, you know, until the offer comes in. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and if we miss that part of our lives, which for some of us can be a long a time, long time yeah. right? Then, then I think, I think you're absolutely right that we're, we're going to miss something that we're going to learn about ourselves or about our interests or about our world. Um, brilliant point. I, I want another question for you. Is, is there anything any other people can do it, while you're in transition that would be helpful or anything they're doing that is markedly not helpful? <laughs> Um, I, it's pretty funny because for a long time, you know, the first couple months that I was applying to stuff, um, my, my parents, you know, saying, you know, it really seems like a lot of people are getting jobs through connections and they didn't have any connections to anything I was interested in doing. Right. And they kept saying to me, well, you know, you can't just rely on connections and you can't just rely on this and you need to go out and be sending your resume out. And now that I've done that, their understanding that that's really not how it works anymore. Right. And so now it's been really great because they've been very supportive and um, they are um, kind they they have become more knowledgeable about kind of how things are and how the process is working and have been um, just have changed their mind frame a little bit of mm -hmm. how they are thinking of things and that has really helped me is because, you know, as long as I have a couple people that I can count on to say, you're doing what you want to be doing right now. And that's great. And as long as you're happy, that's, that's fine with us. Um, there's always going to be people who are 
turning down their noses or whatever. Right. Um, but as long as you have that couple of people, if it's your parents or your siblings or your best friend, whatever, who are saying, just just follow what you need to do right now and you'll figure it out eventually. Right. Be that person for someone because that is super, super helpful. Brilliant. Um, Samantha, I, I, I so appreciate you being here. And, um, and, and this is really like really, really important advice that, you know, these transitions are important. They're important learning experiences. Don't ignore that um, and don't blow them off. I love that. Um, and for those of you who um, have a friend or a family member who's going through something, um, advice is great. I think I'm hearing that. Mm-hmm. But support is yes, critical, absolutely. right? Like, you know, the kind of unconditional support. Um, and, and I think I hear underneath that kind of like, I kind of know what I'm doing, you know, like, an, or, or I'm figuring it out and mm-hmm. I'm not stupid. And, yeah. you know, so let me go yeah. through the process. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, um, I, I love that as well. Um, Samantha, I, I love when you're here, you're, you're, you're so articulate and you're so helpful. And, um, and I suspect you are a colleague I am going to be referring to one day. <laughs> so I, I look so. forward to that. Um, so thank you again for being here and I hope you come back soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, folks, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, um, liveleadplay.com, which is affiliated with IPEC Coaching, and WGN+. Um, there is a free parenting video series on my website at drjohnduffy.com. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, uh, smart remarks, ideas for this podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, um, go ahead and write me at uh, John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. I'm going to say that again because I'm not sure I got it right. John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. Did I say the same twice? I think you got it. All right, cool. <laughs> um, all right, thanks so much for your time, and uh, I will talk to you next time. Thanks, Sam, thanks again. Yeah.